Hello and welcome to episode one of The Future of Schools, a podcast that explores how technology is impacting the classroom and talks to the people behind it. I'm Connor Flynn, your host and COO at Adaptive, and today we're discussing international schools. My guest today is Dave O'Grady. He's a teacher in Ireland, he's taught before in China, and is on his way to teach in Belgium. Thanks, Connor. Good to be here. Dave, in some ways, you kind of came late to teaching. Um, so what was it that made you want to teach? Yeah, um, so for a few years before I became a teacher, I was working in an, in an office job. I was working primarily with a computer and a, a small pool of colleagues. So um, it was quite an antisocial existence. It was a job where I felt I didn't have much creative input or um, individual accountability. And um, teaching for me seemed a far more attractive prospect. So now I work with a wide variety of colleagues. I, every day it's a very interpersonal job. I'm working with students. Cool. And now you've been teaching for how many years? This is the eighth year, just finished. Like, do you feel that your style of teaching has evolved over those eight years? Uh, in certain ways, yeah. Um, I'd say in particular kind of classroom management. Uh, for new teachers, that's probably one of the hardest things to find the right balance in, whether it's getting the right uh, distance uh, with your students, not being overly familiar, but at the same time not being um, too standoffish at the same time, trying to create an environment where students feel comfortable um, to, to participate, to be creative, but at the same time you can um, manage it and you can create a structure around it. Okay. And like, I know you're saying that your style of teaching has changed, but do you believe that the fundamental role of a teacher has changed since you took up eight years ago? I wouldn't say that the role of the teacher has changed. No, I, I think that the role was the same when I was in school, it is the same now, and I don't see a change in that, that is to inspire students to provide a pathway and the tools needed for independent learning. But I think that what has changed is maybe a little bit of the accountability. So uh, certainly in the eight years, there's a lot more engagement uh, at a department level and at a school level in terms of um, self-evaluation, in terms of, in a structured way, uh, evaluating how you approach individual year groups, subjects, and uh, in the wider context of your subject in the school, not just in the classroom, uh, how effective you're being. Can we dig into that a little bit there? You're talking about individual student learning pathways. What do you mean by that? The, the, you, you want your students to become independent learners, but it's not realistic to expect them to be able to do that at the age of 12 years old. So when I say a pathway, what I mean is uh, a structure throughout a year so that you can provide the student with uh, the right amount of new information so that they're constantly developing and challenging themselves, but at the same time not overstretching themselves and losing confidence. So it's about managing their exposure to the topic and uh, making sure that they're moving at an appropriate pace so that they're constantly having success in the subject. I can imagine that's quite a challenge. You're talking about an individual student, but you could have up to 30 students in a classroom at any given time. How do you manage that individual pathway that you talk, talk about to allow students to move at their own pace? That is the biggest challenge of the job. The biggest challenge is, is really getting to know each student, getting to know their strengths, their weaknesses, getting to know on a regular basis what their progress is looking like. So in terms of how, how you do that, you do it in a couple of different ways. Um, through 
regular assessments, pen and paper assessments, uh, as would always be in the way. Um, but also trying to get one-on-one uh, contact time in the classroom. So in order to enable that, it's about uh, providing students with work that enables them to carry on and you to leave the traditional role at the front of the classroom and, and move through the class, engaging students one-on-one and trying to assess their understanding, their progress, uh, and if there are difficulties to, to try and analyze that. Now, I know that um, when we worked together a couple of years ago, you used to have Excel sheets on all the students and their, their test results and everything like that. I know you, you may still do that, but you're now using different pieces of technology to do different things. Overall, like, what's your attitude towards the use of technology in the classroom? Yeah, well, Excel is definitely still very much part of it. That's probably uh, a benefit of my previous life, uh, where it's something that I feel most teachers probably don't use uh, to their detriment. But in, in terms of managing student data, Excel is, is uh, super. But uh, other technologies that I use, well, uh, as a communication tool, I use Edmodo, which is a platform for, for posting um, uh, documents, uh, assignments, and so on to students. And it's also... Um, a forum where students can contact me one-on-one to ask questions about individual topics or or, um, or give feedback outside of the classroom. Uh, as well as that, I've been using um, BuildUp, which is a, a Folans product developed by Adapt2Me. That's uh, on the math side, so that provides uh, adaptive learning for students at junior, junior cycle maths, and that's something I've been using for the last three years. Um, that provides that individual pathway that I'm talking about previously, and, and it also provides some of the feedback that I'm saying is uh, is so difficult to to, to manage. So um, each student has their own profile, and each student is set assignments by me, so I can still manage the pathway. But at the same time, the questions that the that build up throws up is adapted to the individual student's success rate in the past. Mm-hmm. And have you, you used any pieces of technology in the classroom that just didn't work at all? I, I, I suppose one of the biggest things in terms of technology in the classroom is it should make the teacher's job easier. So uh, it's not to say that these technologies don't work, but perhaps the time that it takes to, to use them effectively is more than the time that, you, that a teacher can dedicate. So Moodle would have been one of those. Uh, when I first came to the school, uh, Moodle was there and it, you know, teachers were using it definitely and you could create tests that, that you could send out to your students, but the actual uh, interface was a little bit ungainly in my opinion and the time that it would have taken to create a test on Moodle you'd have done it on Word or whatever it is uh, far quicker and the the time benefit just wasn't there so that's something that I that I engaged with but didn't uh, didn't stick with in the long run. Okay and did you learn anything from that? Well as I say that while uh, technologies might be able to do certain things one of the key things is that it's easy to use and that I suppose the time that it takes to create something uh, is less than it would be by traditional method. Teachers can be perceived as slow to adopt technology in the classroom. Is, is that a fair statement? Um, I think it depends on the, a lot of times on the age category, although that's not always true. But I think it kind of links in with the last point that technology, everybody knows that it has the potential to be such a useful tool as it is in all walks of life. Um, and as a result, the education sector is flooded with with technological products. Uh, Schools are quick to adopt them, but teachers are not necessarily as quick. And the reason being that I suppose some become jaded uh, with unsuccessful past experiences with technology. Um, And for others, they might well engage with it um, 
at first, but like my experience with Moodle, uh, find that it doesn't actually make their job any easier. So it's not so much a uh, reluctance to adopt technology. When the technology works effectively and makes the life uh, of the teacher easier, it is adopted. So what do you mean by makes your life easier? Well, like I know a lot of teachers say, I never have any time. You've brought up the idea of time here and time mm-hmm. pressures on a teacher. But is there anything else? That, and then you, you talked about the Moodle and that the interface was not intuitive for you. So you, you moved on to other things. What does easier mean? Well, well, time is it. And I suppose a teacher's time can be broken down into a few different categories. There's, there's your classroom time, which... Um, is, is never going to change, uh, or certainly I, I don't envisage it changing. After that, then, there's the time that's spent in setting ass- assignments in terms of managing the, the overarching plan for the year. Um, so that's um, kind of year planning, term planning, and so on. There's also the time that's um, set in producing uh, assessments and assignments aimed at, uh, at assessing uh, student progress, as I mentioned earlier. And finally, the time that's spent in uh, correcting that work and in analysing it. So... If a technological tool makes any of those three categories, not the classroom time, but the other three categories, more time efficient, well, then teachers will definitely adopt it because those are the parts that, um, that teachers are constantly trying to, to improve. Are there any other drivers which might drive a teacher to use or not use a specific tool in the classroom? Absolutely. Well, I, I think in the classroom itself, so my previous response, I suppose, is about the, the work of the teacher outside the classroom. Inside the classroom, it's very much focused on, on student learning um, and also on, on differentiation. So one of the biggest challenges inside the classroom, as I mentioned, is dealing with 30 or 20 or however many individuals, individuals with different sets of prior uh, learning, with different um, aptitudes for the subject, different motivations and so on. So to try and deal with 30 individuals um, is probably the biggest, the biggest challenge inside the classroom. So any technology which, which gives teachers differentiated feedback on their students uh, is a huge value. Okay. When was the last time a student um, either got something or didn't get something that you, weren't, that you, you hadn't predicted that was going to happen? It's, it's, I, I can't actually remember the last time in terms of a, an individual um, event, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. But, uh, what I suppose um, is more common is a student who maybe showed a certain sort of work rate for a long period of time and has surprised me with an, improve, with an improvement, uh, significant improvement, or, or vice versa, the other way around. Um, so in my third year class at the moment, there's uh, one student in particular who would have been very middle of the road in terms of achievement um, in first and second year and would have been very quiet in the class. And in the, the last nine months, so since September, he's been absolutely super. He's been very engaged in the class, very uh, much at the forefront of it, and more than that, a- achieving top marks. So that's a student who, I suppose, I probably didn't assess effectively in the first two years of our, of our time together. And I suppose that's a real positive from my point of view to see him uh, succeeding now. But uh, I don't think I can take credit for it uh, at the same time. Uh, you, you're not, you don't think it's down to like he's maturing or he just hit another level. You think that you might have missed something in his assessment along the way or like it's surprising yeah, me to hear that 
you're not saying that, oh, he just grew up or something like that, especially with teenagers. Absolutely. In, in terms of the engagement, uh, that can happen. Guys can get more confident or less confident uh, as, they, as they move through the teenage years. But in terms of achievement, you, you don't see a, a leap on the kind of scale that I'm talking about here. Somebody who's consistently achieving middle grades in first and second year is suddenly achieving top grades in third year it can happen the other way sometimes where guys achieve very well in first year second year and then uh, fall off uh, in terms of achievement but you don't see it as much the other way around not in maths anyway okay and and just for our listeners out there a bit worried while we're talking about boys dave does teach in an all boys school <laughs> so it's not just the boys in the class that we're we're talking about at the moment um and and dave you're about to go off to brussels now to teach in an international school you've taught in china before eight years in ireland in secondary schools do you think that the job would be very similar to the job that you're doing today yeah, absolutely. Um, so I suppose that the value of education is a, is a big uh, thing that differs from country to country and the, the expectation of the student is, is, a huge, uh, is a huge difference. You'd also have different common behavioural patterns. So in China, education is highly valued. Um, there is, I suppose, people often say a lot more respect for teachers. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but certainly the, there's less discipline issues teachers aren't challenged as much maybe is the best way to put it so the classroom is quite a straightforward environment in 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 china in ireland um students definitely push the boundaries a little bit more i suppose they that respect for authority isn't a given i suppose you need to earn respect a little bit more from students and you need to be prepared to 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 manage behaviors um, a little bit more actively the all boys environment is is uh, is my experience, as you say, for the last seven years. China, I would have I would have taught in a co-educational environment, and Belgium, uh, where I'm going to in the International School of Brussels, is a is a co-educational environment. I'm excited about that, to be honest. I think that it is going to be quite different. I suppose my expectation is that there will be other challenges, but personally, I would I would see it as a far more positive environment to, to have kids learning together rather than rather than uh, segregated. Do you think that the job of teaching in five years would be very similar? Yeah, I, I think so in, in five years. I, I don't see it changing in five years and ten years. I, I think that the job is still the same thing. It's about building relationships with the students. It's about getting to know the students as individuals. It's about providing that structure for them. I, I don't see that changing in five years. And do, do you see what a classroom will look like in five or ten years being different for today? Yeah, well, that might well be, be different. I, I do think that the, the volume of, of technological offerings is accelerating. I think that while some of them aren't sticking, um, many of them will. And I think that they do, and hopefully will um, continue to, to provide some of, those, uh, some of that help that I mentioned earlier in terms of taking the pressure off uh, teacher time outside of the classroom. Uh, so that they can better focus uh, on where they're needed inside the classroom. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if there was one thing that you think would really improve education, if you could just wave a magic wand, what would that be? Well, I think that the, the key to effective education is good teachers. So if I was to wave a magic wand, if I was to, to make education more effective worldwide, it'd be about attracting um, 
the best people into it. So Excellent. Well, thanks very much for that, David. You've been very enlightening today. Um, and we'll talk to you again in the future. Thanks for listening to The Future of Schools with Connor Flynn. If you like our show and want to know more about the future of schools or Adaptomy, check us out at www.adaptomy.com or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week when we talk about Spanish schools and onboarding teachers with Ricard Dalmau.